Amen. Good to have him back, yeah? <laughs> I told him the flight back would be the longest day of his life. <laughs> you just, it's the never-ending day. You just chase time zones and you just continue living the same day over and over. And over. So I don't know if that was helpful <clears throat> or discouraging, you know, one or the other. But uh, anyway, he made it and he's back to us, so praise God. So as we continue to journey through John 17, we find ourselves in a section of the chapter in which Jesus prays for the disciples. And one of the things I hope and pray that you take away today is that he's not just praying for the disciples, but he's praying for you. He's praying for all of us in this chapter, in these verses that we have before us. So wrap your heart around that. Jesus is praying for you in these verses. Now, the disciples must have been feeling some measure of angst as they're fellowshipping with Jesus. They had witnessed the miracles. They had seen firsthand how he instilled hope and new life into people. Praise God. And now, he's leaving. The object of their hope is saying goodbye. Have you ever had a moment in your life when you felt just utterly powerless? Yeah? Just helpless to even control or influence a situation? Has that ever happened to you? What was that like? Yeah. Dana and I had a moment like that several years ago when our daughter Morgan was in second grade. We were apprised one afternoon of a situation that had occurred involving her. Dana got a call from the school saying that on the, in the schoolyard, Morgan had been approached by an unidentified adult male asking her if she wanted to play with him. <laughs> so as details emerged, some sketchy details, we didn't hear a lot, it came about that this gentleman was unbuttoning a coat as he's asking her to play with him. This is my little girl. Now, I'm hearing all of this, mind you, uh, a bit removed from the event itself. And I might add, they didn't even assure me in that moment she was okay. Thank you very much. I have to tell you, this was probably the most helpless, despair-ridden moment of my life. I wasn't there. I couldn't get there, not in any amount of time that would have been relevant to the moment. So I had these feelings of helplessness and powerlessness. Jesus knew the mindset of the disciples as he's telling them he's going to leave. He, he surely knew of their feelings of inadequacy and powerlessness as well. So he prays for them. The God of the universe invites Father God to extend his ongoing, enduring care over them and over you. Let's read this together. If you have your Bibles, 
I would encourage you to open them up with me to John chapter 17, and we're only going to focus on three verses, verses 9 through 11. Jesus says, I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer. But they are still in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. The name you gave me. So that they may be one as we are one. We are one in Christ. We are family all of us, united under the banner of the name of Jesus. And notice Jesus says he's not praying for the world. Now that's not to say he isn't concerned for the lost. But my friend, this is a family prayer. This is prayer for us, you and I, his children. That we in this covenant bond with God through Jesus would receive that ongoing, enduring care in Jesus' name. Well, so Jesus prays for your protection. Well, protection from what? You know, are our lives free of pain? No, no, <clears throat> pretty much no. Yes, indeed, no. My friends, there is an enemy of our souls. There is a spirit realm and there are influences that would seek to rob us of our peace daily, over and over and over again. Notice 1 Peter 5, 8. I think there's a slide for that somewhere. Yep. Thank you, sound people, by the way. Figuring me out, hooking me up, all that. Thank you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. To devour. Now, our enemy is a chained lion, but he still has teeth. I spent some time trying to think of a story from my life in which the enemy had tried to rob me of my peace. Well, I shared one with you just now. But I asked my wife to help me out with this. Uh, we've been married 32 and a half years. So, so she says to me, so think of a time when the enemy has tried to rob us of our peace. Like, you mean this whole time we've been married? Like, pretty much every week. You know, it, it's sort of hard to kind of pick out just one, you know. <laughs> Fair enough, indeed. And then it occurred to me, all of us have stories like that. I don't need to just illumine one from my life. We've all lived life. We all have scars from the journey. All of us have known financial difficulty. We've known stress from relationships 
how many of us have parents that are aging and in declining health? It's one of my burdens. Jobs that don't fulfill us. Loneliness. Anybody? Am I reaching out to anybody? Sickness or disease. You know, busyness, just trying to juggle uh, a career and work with being a spouse or being a parent. Um, how about times when maybe our uh, ethical or moral compass has deviated a little bit? Hmm? Times when we've even doubted who God is for us. Many of you out there have endured abuse. And we've known death, death of friends, family, loved ones, loss. Your enemy, the devil, is a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. My friends, against these assaults, Jesus offers himself. He offers himself. He doesn't say the problems are going to go away, but he offers himself. That is an ironclad, steadfast promise. Amen? Amen. Amen. So there should be a slide for a passage in Deuteronomy. This is a transition moment when Joshua is going to overtake, uh, take over the mantle of leadership. And Moses is exhorting the people to not fear the obstacles or the enemies that lay ahead. Or he says, the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Never. And then leapfrogging into the New Testament in Matthew chapter 28, when Jesus ascended to heaven, he says this to the disciples. He assures them with these words, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus offers himself. The Holy Spirit, his spirit dwells within you. You are a fortress. You can say that to your neighbor. Yeah. You are a fortress. You are a fortress. Jesus offers himself his peace. Philippians 4, 7 is a favorite verse of mine. Probably one of yours as well. I think there might be a slide for that. And I'm sorry if I'm going too fast. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So there is power in the name of Jesus for our protection. How do we access this protection and power? How do we share this power? How do we pass it on, share the good news with others? Well, there is power in the name of Jesus as we pray and cry out to him in his name. So think of it this way. When, when you were a kid, which is getting to be a longer and longer journey of remembrance for me. When you were a kid and you were in trouble or you needed help, what was the natural thing to do? You know, mom, dad, right? You cried out for help. So now as we face the circumstances of life, we cry out to Jesus, to our heavenly father. But I want to assure you, that we do not cry out in futility, in vain, as if we're just uttering words into the wind. Do you know 
this day the authority that lies within you. In Jesus' name. Do you have any idea, all of us as we are here together, the force that inhabits our very being? When we pray in the power of the name of Jesus, our prayers are a force beyond reckoning. Amen? Amen. So what does that look like? What does that look like to pray in the power of the name of Jesus? What happens when we invite the sovereign of the universe into our prayers and into our realities? Well, I'm glad you asked. We've got some scripture for that. Starting with Mark chapter 16, portions of uh, verses 17 and 18. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will place their hand on sick people and they will get well. So demons submit. It happens. I've seen it happen. People are healed. Restoration, renewal, in Jesus' name. More evidence of this from Acts chapter 3, verses 6 and 8 through 8. Peter is talking to the crippled man. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And he jumped to his feet and he became Strong, he began to walk. My friends, you and I possess this same authority this very day in Jesus' name. Amen. What else? In Jesus' name, the greatest miracle ever takes place. You know what that is? Our salvation. Can he have a free cup of coffee? Yep. Yep. When we cry out in Jesus' name, our salvation occurs. We become one with him, an eternal bond as his children. Notice Acts 4.12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Being birthed anew as his children only happens in Jesus' name. Now, What about the trials of life? Those things that leave the scars. Those things I mentioned a few minutes ago. What about them? Well, you can claim Jesus' name for those as well. Amen. Matthew 17, 20. One of my favorite verses. I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. Nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. Now, I want to expand on this a little bit. Jesus isn't saying, you know, when you have great big colossal, you know, faith, like you're a giant. He's saying when you have faith like a mustard seed, when you have faith at all, when you take that risk and you step forward to do And to claim Jesus' word in his name, you can say to the mountains of your life, move from here to there. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, my friends, though we have these assurances, as we've mentioned, we both know that life still produces pain. We don't always realize the invasion of heaven into our circumstances perfectly. And yet, I say to you, 
God is completely good all the time. And those of you that know me well enough, you know that I've had a little journey of my own to even say those words. So I say them now. God is good all the time. And he bids us wield the power of his name against those things that would crush us, that would rob us of our peace. Now this John 17 passage we're in, it's part of an extended dialogue. Goes back several chapters. Jesus is fellowshipping, having discourse with the disciples. And a few chapters back in John 14 are some profound words that he proclaims to them. John 14, 27, if we have that one uh, as a slide. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Amen. So, how do we bring heaven to earth for us? How do we unleash the power of Jesus' name into our daily rhythms? Well, here's one way. We just did it. We just did it all together a few moments ago. What was that? Ah, two cups of coffee? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. Praise. We invite Jesus into the realities of our lives through our worship and through our praise. Every week, Beth and her team lead us before the throne of heaven. Beautifully so, I might add. Thank you to them. And, and beyond those moments, I would encourage you, my friends, to make worship and praise a lifestyle. Worship and praise can happen, obviously, in music, but it can be the substance of our prayers. Worship can infuse our work and our interactions with others. Consider this psalm, this uh, verse from Psalm 22, verse 3. I'm reading it out of the New Living Translation because I just love how it, it states it in there. It says, You are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our praise enthrones God in our lives. Our worship enlists him, exalts him, and is a profound statement of trust in him and who he is. Now, I've read a Japanese translation of this very verse. And it says, I want to get this right, when God's people praise him, he brings a big chair and he sits there. <laughs> so when we worship and praise and enlist God in our lives, he doesn't just sit there, he reigns there. He reigns and he wields dominion over the mountain in your life in his name. Amen. Amen. In 2006... I was blessed to be a part of the uh, mission team. Eric just returned from mission. I was blessed to go to Tanzania uh, with a team here from SEC. And uh, this was my first mission trip. I was just discovering, awakening to the power of God as it invades the lives of individuals. 
So we traveled to the city of Dar Salaam, and a lot of what we did there was praying over people, uh, families from the Shantidam church, fellowshipping with them, eating with them, praying over their homes and over their lives. Now, one particular day, we were in a dwelling, and we were going to do just that. We were going to pray the kingdom over that house and over its occupants. And it was very, very hot. And one of the more unusual things that's ever happened to me occurred that day. Because when we started to pray, or try to pray, we couldn't. It was as if a silent weight was pressed against us. We all felt a confusion, like a fog had descended upon us. We couldn't even form the words to pray. And we were just all looking at each other like, what do we do? And then, one of the women on our team, a very godly woman named Andrea. Andrea used to lead mission council here at SEC. Andrea started to sing. It was a very simple song of praise. It was just, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Anybody know that one? It's kind of old, like me. Well, so we all joined in. We all started to sing, a little softly at first, but then with greater conviction. And I tell you the truth, as we started to do that, the fog lifted. I mean, it was like a beautiful summer day when the clouds just part and you just see that gorgeous sky. We had clarity. We had peace against the powers of darkness that didn't want us to pray, we enlisted and praised Jesus' name, and the fog lifted. Praise God. So, so we bring heaven to earth through our praise. We also bring heaven to earth by claiming, by claiming the power of Jesus' name into our situations. We claim the kingdom of heaven into our circumstances. We claim a kingdom spill unto the realities of our lives. Now, Jesus teaches us this very thing in the Lord's Prayer. Pastor Eric leads us in this almost every week, the Lord's Prayer. You all know it. And I tell you, certain words from that prayer have pierced my soul over the last several years Notice Matthew 6.10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Jesus told us to pray like that. He told us to make that claim. On earth as it is in heaven. Now, my friends, there are a whole lot of things that don't exist in heaven. Pretty much that whole list that I mentioned before. That doesn't exist in heaven. Not at all. Jesus bids us take the trials of our journey. The heartaches, the disappointments. Obstacles and temptations and submit them to the authority and power of Jesus in his name. Now... Back to my daughter. Uh, 
I wish I had known that in the moment. I would have felt a whole lot better, but she ran away from this person. It, it, it turns out he was an adult male of special needs that had just momentarily slipped under the radar of his caregivers and found himself on the schoolyard. Well, she ran away to some teachers, and all was well. Our Heavenly Father bids you to run to him this day. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, has prayed for you. He's prayed the protection of heaven over you. Protection in his name. He's always with us. And he bids us come to him. Commune with him. Your prayers matter. Revelation 8 says that your prayers are like incense before the throne of heaven. Did you know that? They are a sweet perfume before the throne of heaven. So pray in Jesus' name unto the petitions and the heart cries of your life. And anticipate God's goodness in them. You host the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus in your very being. Everywhere you step, Jesus goes with you, like turning on the light switch in a dark room. Everywhere you step, you carry that authority, that power in Jesus' name. So, may your prayers find new boldness this week. May your prayers find new energy, I hope and pray. As you revel in whose you are, as you revel in the name of Jesus, who is your inheritance, who is your protection for now and all eternity. Amen. 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 I'm it. Yeah. Might set the bar. Might make him preach faster. Huh? <laughs> yeah. That was awesome, brother. Thank you for your words there. God. That's so great. Hey, he asked me about uh, benediction, and sometimes I love to uh, just be able to respond with you to the Word of God. And uh, I was wondering if the uh, worship team folks would come forward. And um, one of the real practical, um, practical applications is I just um, honestly, even last night, was wrestling with a particular issue. And uh, does anyone uh, worry and be anxious? Anyone ever struggle with that besides? No, not really. You don't, but some of us do, right? I, I can't break the pattern of falling into worship of anxiousness. I'm trying so hard, right? But I fall into that, and then what pulls me out is... Partly what you said, Scott, is I just say, help Jesus. I, I, the, the simplest prayer, it's not, it's not eloquent, it's not theologically infused, it's just, it helps me break out of that and do exactly what you do, invite his presence and power um, into that moment. And I'm also learning 
that that's what other saints can help me do when I struggle is I can just say, would you pray for that? Because sometimes you get bound up with those anxiety, right? Were the prayer team folks not going to come up or were they going to come? Did I say worship team? Okay, I meant prayer team. All right. Remember, I'm jet lagging huge. So just, and and so just to be able to come and be with, um, have fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and say, this is what I'm crying out for help. Would, would you pray and let the Lord um, sit in that situation as, as beautifully was shared? So as we, as we worship, as we think about that, if there's a particular thing that's pressing and, and, and you're struggling with those anxious moments and that anxiety, you just need your brothers and sisters to pray, help Jesus for you. I'd encourage you to, to come and, and be prayed for as we uh, close on this final song. Can we stand up together and respond? Bye now.